It's a Mental Health Chat Monday, Season 2. This is a series where we sit down with a brand new guest every week to discuss their journey with mental illness and mental wellness. I am your host, oh, because here on Mental Health Chat Monday, our motto is turning mental illness into mental wellness. I keep forgetting that. Uh, my name is Zia Bryonic. I am your host. Thank you so very much for tuning in with me today. But I am not why we're here. We already know that today we are talking to a beautifully talented, multi-hyphenate, Former flight attendant for over 30 years, which I literally just learned moments ago. <laughs> uh, playwright, author, voiceover artist, full-time actress. Michelle Dillard is in the house today. How are you? I am wonderful. So glad to be here with you, my friend. I'm so glad to have you. So, Michelle, tell the world a little bit, you know, tell all of our listeners a little bit about yourself and your history and, and just, just who you are. Well, uh, I just want to first say thank you, uh, Darius, for having me on your show. I remember during the pandemic, you gave me the opportunity to interview you. I remember, uh, yeah. And you you opened my eyes um, to the topic of uh, mental illness, you know, and, and, and how it impacts actors mm -hmm. and how it was impacting other people during the pandemic. So... I just um, want to just thank you for that. And here we are, <laughs> full circle. You never know how the tables are going to turn. Yes, thank you so much for that. I remember that conversation. It was a very beautiful conversation and I was honored to be on your podcast. Yes, yes, yes. But hello, everybody. I am Michelle Dillard. And like uh, Darius said, I spent most of my life, my time flying the friendly skies as a flight attendant. And uh, one day I decided, you know, I've had enough. It was the best career I ever had, but I also had another burning desire uh, to be an actor, which I had been doing since I was 17 off and on. But when I decided to retire, I said, I'm going to go into it, I'm invest in myself, go into it full time. And um, also I said I would invest in my uh, voice. I would get lots of compliments on the airplane and other places, you know, airplane when I would make the PA announcements. And I said, you know, I'm going to pursue this voiceover thing and begin to read lots of books and volunteer radio stations and, you know, went into it full force and um, took all types of training, still doing training. And now I teach and coach others on how to get into the voiceover industry as well. And um, as Darius mentioned, I also do a lot of acting on camera and um, off camera on stage. Yes, I I knew you had been doing um, voiceover work, and I honestly need to get with you about that because I too, every single day of my life, somebody is like, "Oh my God, you should be doing radio, or you should be doing this or that." Or I'm like, "I know, I want to use my voice more. I want to." And I've over the past year, I have tried more so than ever mm -hmm. to try and get into the voiceover world, but. Yeah. But this is a start. You're doing podcasting. So you're using your voice with that. So that's awesome. Yes, 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 yes. And I I am I I've loved and I think it comes from just being a, a kid who grew up with cartoons and like in that era of cartoons where kids were like sucked to the TV because TV was like such a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've always loved animated shows and stuff like that. And it I was like, ooh, one day I want to be on one of those. <laughs> I want to be that person. But, you know. Um, 
So Michelle, how is 2023 treating you? Mental health check. How are you? How are how are things? How is life? You've been booked and busy lately, and we will definitely get into that. But how are you doing in here? That that is a great question, and I'm glad you asked that. More of us need to ask each other that, check in on one another because we all know how to put on the mask. We all know how to wear the pretty faces, but inside, you know, we could be screaming, you know, really, really, you know, going yeah. crazy. But um, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm well. You know, I've had my days where I'm just like exhausted, tired, or whatever. Um, but I have learned to um, definitely take a day for myself. Mm -hmm. to uh, like the other day I was just sitting in the park it was a beautiful breeze just loving you know the breeze and I love to sit around the fountain in Forest Park mm -hmm. I used to walk around the fountain in Forest Park and um, but just to sit there and sit and reflect and just um, unwind de-roll a de-roll when you de-roll from a role that you've been playing mm -hmm. but uh, thus far the year has been great and I have no complaints about that but it, it is very important just like you said just to check in because not everybody's doing good we pretend mm -hmm. but not everybody's doing good but I have learned honey let me just tell you take some naps whenever I want to take a nap <laughs> refuel and refresh Yes, you better nap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I love that. I and it for me with this podcast, you know, we're in season two, and I it was important for me to open every single episode with my first question to the guests, checking in with them. And that's why I put also my welcome letter, like you are welcome to share as much or as little as you want to. I'm I'm not here to be invasive. I'm not here to be like, well, you gotta tell everybody this traumatic story you shared in kind with me. Like it's mm -hmm. It's important for me to start really all of my interactions with people, but especially this interaction that is so public uh, with kindness, with love, and with just a, a fresh energy that's just so beautiful, yes. I, I'd like to think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your journey with mental health. Are you, have you ever been diagnosed with anything? What's your, what is your relation to mental health? I have never been diagnosed with anything. I have loved ones that are very close and dear to me, which is a task within itself, mm -hmm. you know, um, really living with someone and understanding, um, you know, or helping support someone through, you know, that particular um, mental illness. I heard a doctor say, put it this way. We can't see it, which makes it hard for loved ones to really grasp it and understand it. But they said, if they were sitting there with a broken arm, you can clearly see that they are injured. Mm -hmm. We can't see when the mind is injured. So you have to really be supportive and love that person through it. And, and I always say, well, I'm not in that person's head because I'm not going to say what they are or are not feeling on mm -hmm. today. So, but, you know, having close loved ones, you know, that's the experience I have had with it. And then I'm going to go a little bit further 
<laughs> with this, you know, and, and come out of the box a different way okay. where I feel I personally have been impacted. And your mother probably can relate to this or your grandmother and tell you this. Well, you know, we women, we go through menopause. Mm -hmm. And let me just tell you, when I started going through menopause years ago, I just felt like I had a lot of, I did, I had a lot of down days or depressed days. Mm -hmm. uh, you just don't feel like yourself. You know, you're going through all of these hormonal changes. You're hot one time, cold one time. You're irritable. Everybody's getting on your last nerve. Your, your, your body's just going through so many things. And then your mind, your inability to remember certain things, your inability to concentrate on certain things. And you find yourself crying and re we, uh, you know, just weeping for no reason at the, at the drop of a hat. And so um, I just thought one day, because a lot of transition was happening in my life, I was, uh, uh, you know, I decided to take an early retirement and I was moving and I was uh, getting married, you know, got engaged and uh, there was a couple of deaths in the family. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of our EAP program, you know, at, at my job. Mm -hmm. And um, which was the best decision I ever made. It's like when you first get a massage, you're like, why didn't I do this a long time ago? <laughs> so, yeah. So when I went and sat in front of my therapist, you know, to help me talk me through all these changes that were taking place, that it was dearly impacting me uh, mentally but it helped me through it. Um, but I, I have learned over the years that mental health definitely is, is an important conversation that we have to continuously have. Because even though you may not be experiencing yourself, I guarantee you, you know someone close to you that is. So I really admire what you're doing with this podcast. Oh, thank yes. you so much. Yeah, I'm as a sufferer, as someone, well, I don't even like the word suffer. I, I as somebody who is not necessarily dealt with because, you know, having depression and anxiety, things that don't necessarily go away, but having built specific skills around my own personal journey, um, the thing that I found the easiest or helped the most was talking about it. And a lot of us don't feel safe or have allies around us that we can talk about our mental illness with. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to thank you for being that person for the people in your life mm -hmm. and, and opening your eyes and your mind to the, the struggles of those of us who are like, something's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's driving me crazy. Right. Um, that's uh, also, I want to double back to, menopause that's something that obviously as a man i will never experience well not necessarily never experience in a different form maybe or when i get older something might you know switch up and change but menopause specifically is something i will never experience as a man and i just want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into that because i do remember when my mom was starting to go the process of going through menopause and it was a lot of of you know hard days and and a lot of we call them personal summers yeah. <laughs> yes. So talk to me a little bit more about how that kind of impacted your, your life at that time. Oh, absolutely. And I went through it early, kind of early. I 
fell in line. But they said that the average age is 51 for a mm -hmm. woman. And I hit it somewhere around 45. Oh, wow. And um, so it, it is, it really does change your life and impact. And some people experience, you know, it on a totally, totally different level. Of course, you have the hot flashes, the sweating. I mean, some women, uh, I have a friend, I mean, she would be drenched just in a matter of just seconds, you know, mm -hmm. but I wasn't the, the type that necessarily broke out with sweating, but the flash is like, I couldn't even explain it, but just come up to here and it's like, give me a fan, give me a fan, give me a fan, you know, and in the last a, a, a few seconds, you know, then you, you're chilly, you know, and, and next time you're chilly and, and, but the symptoms that I experienced, like I said earlier, was a lot of insomnia, which I still have, and um, the inability to concentrate, the inability to um, memorize certain things, and um, just being irritated, crying. I remember one time, my husband, and it's probably we've been married two or three years or whatever, uh, this second marriage here, and I remember his family was planning something big. It was Christmas. And of course, you know, being the new bride, you want to go be with the family and all that. I had the worst bout of menopause that day, just crying and just not feeling myself. I said, all I want to do is stay home and watch Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> I love yeah, I love Leave it to Beaver. Growing up as a kid watching it and during the pandemic when I just wanted to laugh because, you know, with so much sadness, you know, mm -hmm. that was my go-to. I'd get up in the morning, watch a little bit of the Today, uh, about 15, 20 minutes of the Today Show, and then I wanted to laugh. I would watch Leave it to Beaver and listen to David Arno. He's a comedian, you know, and after I did my prayer meditation stuff and David Arno would have me cracking up. Unfortunately, he passed away about a year ago, but he was hilarious. But uh, I just felt like I needed to laugh. But anyway, so this particular day, Christmas, and my husband, thank God, he fully, fully understood. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to go over there and tell my family you're not feeling well. And I'm going to bring you back a plate. And you could just sit here on the couch and chill all day with Leave it to Beaver. And that's what I did. Just watched all the Leave it to Beaver reruns and in between. <laughs> crying. Didn't even know I was crying or, you know. But it impacts us women, you know, every woman differently. And that's how it was impacted me. Being very emotional, you know, the mm -hmm. inability to concentrate, insomnia. So, but it is very well. And sometimes you do feel like you're losing your mind. You really, really do. So, um, you know, and I don't know if they've ever put that under the heading of mental illness, you know, uh, menopause. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know that they have, no. Yeah, but it is something really to think about because of all those hormonal changes you do sometimes feel like you're going to lose your mind. Um, I play um, a role uh, at St. University. I, I, I work sometimes as a standardized patient. I don't know if yeah, you've I've done it a few times. Yeah, so, you know, most of us have actors that do it, but that's one of the questions that they always, you know, check in with about, you know, your mental status when you're playing this middle pausal woman. So, um, yeah, have lots of experience, you know, on that end with, mm -hmm. with, with working that script, but real personal life experience. Um, as my husband used to say, uh, 
you you experience in one of those ages when you go through menopause. You hate men <laughs> and you're going through hot flashes. Uh, that's what I used to say when we were dating, but it, it, it was true, you know, just like, get away from me. <laughs> Leave me alone. What are you doing? Yeah, right. I remember, I remember I was a teenager, I believe, when my mom first started going through menopause. And I remember, I remember being like, no, not really. She she was, you know, she had her days and she was more of a crier. She's already a crier anyway. She's a very sensitive soul. So she cries with a drop of a hat as it, to yeah. begin with. So it really was like waterworks every day. I'm like, right. you're getting ready to go to college. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 17. I'm not leaving yeah. yet. What are you talking about? Um, so you mentioned briefly um, that you spoke with a therapist kind of at the beginning of going through menopause and like all this transition in your life. So talk to me a little bit how, about how therapy impacted your life and are you still seeing a therapist? Is it something you would entertain, not entertain, but like go back to if you're not? Um, I am not at this time, but I absolutely positively will uh, definitely do it again because um, I, I saw a therapist um, years ago, initially when I was going through a divorce through, from my first marriage. And um, and then it was some other things just, just going on with life, you know, and, and this is a funny story, <laughs> dare I tell it. But I remember when I was flying and you, I you know, they gave you stress leaves if you needed them, if you needed them. And it was, I was had a long vacation that was ready to come up. And my vacation was going to be like, uh, I want to say like about 16 days. Okay. And then I thought, okay, well, then I can get some extra time off from work, you know, saying I need a stress leave. And, and, um, you know, so I went to see the doctor. And it was really so I could just get me some extra time off. Mm -hmm. and uh, to attack onto that vacation. And but when I went in there and sat down and talked to her, oh my goodness, some stuff came up and the tears kept flowing. And I was just, I realized that I really needed to be there. And, 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 and sometimes you don't, you know why? Because we suppress everything. Uh-huh. We'll put that mask on and we'll keep going. And um, when I walked out of there, she had given me several boxes of Prozac. And I'm like, <laughs> like I was just trying to get some time off. I was getting time off, not medicine. What's going on? <laughs> she said, I don't want you to get on a flight this week. I want you to be off for a couple of uh, weeks. And uh, you just start you on this Prozac, you know, and I thought. I am not taking this stuff, but what it helped me to understand and see, I needed to be in that seat mm -hmm. because I was not well. I thought I was well. I was pretending, you know, to, to be well and pressing everything, just suppressing everything, but it began to come up once. So that was so healing and therapeutic. Even though I didn't take the medication, I learned a huge lesson that it's okay when you're not feeling okay to talk some, to someone and then, you know, fast forward, you know, uh, 
you know, I went to another therapist and again, found it so healing, therapeutic, helped me to walk through some things and understand some things, the transition. I just felt better every time, every session I went to, I just felt like it was really helping and healing me to uh, feel normal, if that, if that, if, if that make, makes sense. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And but to your question, I would absolutely, positively do it again. Yes. yes, I I hope that everybody listening right now is taking that that piece about therapy because I am such a proponent of therapy. I feel like therapy is so important, even if you've never been diagnosed, even if you don't have any mental health struggles, even right. even if you just are walking about the day and you feel happy every single day of the week and twice on Sundays, everybody needs a little bit of therapy. I, I have said it endlessly in my life, in this ep- in this podcast, I all the time, everybody needs therapy. And this is actually a great spot while we're talking about therapy to hear a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Today's episode of Mental Health Chat Monday is brought to you by BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, the world's largest 100% online therapy service, you can get connected with a therapist and a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists to help you with a wide range of issues. When I signed up for BetterHelp, I was able to specify exactly what I was looking for in a therapist, and I was matched with a therapist that suited my needs. To get started, all you do is answer a few questions about your therapy needs and preferences that way better help can match you with the perfect therapist from their network from there contacting your therapist is easy call chat video call or text whatever is more comfortable for you message your therapist at any time to set up live sessions when it's convenient for you and the coolest thing about better help is that if your therapist doesn't match for any reason at all you can switch to a brand new therapist at no additional charge. Affordability, online access at your own pace, custom pick therapist, that sounds like my kind of therapy. And what luck you have, you can get 10% off your very first month of BetterHelp using my link, betterhelp.com forward slash M-H-C-M. That's betterhelp.com forward slash M-H-C-M. Now go ahead and get yourself some therapy, baby. And thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Thank you so very much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this season of Mental Health Chat Monday. You can hit the link down below in the description or use the link wherever you're listening to get some, you know, some money off and help support the podcast. So you talked about, um, jumping back into the episode, you talked about, um, being a flight attendant, I want to know how, because, you know, as as actors, we exchange energy with the audience and it's a good energy exchange. It's it's one of those things where like, if you go out on stage and you're not feeling the energy from the audience, it's like, am I off? Like, is something going wrong? Like, is, is it not happening? Mm-hmm. I want to know how that, the effect of everybody's energy on an airplane, you know, being a flight attendant, how that impacted you and how your training as an actor kind of helped you with that? That's a good question. I, I feel that, and again, like I said, it was one of the best careers I, I, I ever had. And had I not had a desire to pursue, um, you know, my acting further. And um, I was just 
just like you get tired of any other job or career, mm -hmm. I, I just felt like a shift was happening. And here's the other thing, going through the menopause, I, I and I'm a pretty easy, easy going person, mm -hmm. nice, whatever. But I felt like the passengers are really starting to get on my last nerve. Okay. What what you want another Coke? I just gave you two. What you that's what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> another bag of pretzels. Here's your pretzel. No, but um, you know, I could I could I was starting to feel a little bit of that. But um you just have to know there's a time and season when things are shifting for you and um, pay attention to that. Because if you some if you stay in something too long that you know you're not supposed to stay in, you know, it becomes stressful. You begin to resent it. And whether that's a relationship, whether that's staying on a job too long or, or, or whatever. But uh, you have to really listen and pay attention to what's going on. That's why it's important to take time to reflect. That's why it's important time to sit down and talk to a therapist, as still, as especially during the transition, mm -hmm. because they can really help walk you through it, give you clarity on, on the next step. But also prayer meditation does that for me as well. But but as a flight attendant, you know, you go, you travel all over the world, you meet a lot of people. And, and again, it was the best career I ever had. But there were some challenging days that, um, you know, you went into passengers that attack you for stuff that you didn't even do, didn't have anything to do, it didn't have anything to do with. But what I had to learn also over those years is those people from the time they make their reservation, they encounter someone. And by the time they, you know, whatever, make it through traffic, get to the airport, then they have to go through security. Then you have to, you know, check your luggage and 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 meet other customer mm -hmm. service people. So by the time they get to us in that little bitty tube, if they have not had a good day, we're going to hear about it. The flight yep. attendants are going to get the brunt of it. And everybody wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be listened to. And to me, that's why um that's what people wanted and that's what why we gave them a listening ear you know most of us and we used to have something called a diplomacy kit and in that diplomacy kit you were free to give that passenger whatever you wanted out of that diplomacy kit to, to help them feel better you know whether it was a free drink coupon or or uh, a free meal in the airport or whatever you you use that at your discretion but I found people just want to be listened to, want to be heard, want to have someone to vent to. And most of the time we were that person, especially if it was a long, long flight. But I met a lot of wonderful and interesting people, you know, famous and non-famous over the years. But there were also those that got on your last nerve and they, <laughs> you, you know, you just you just took it in. And, and, and just try to make their flight as fun and comfortable and relaxing because really some people are just scared mm -hmm. to fly. And um, if they can see a nice smiling face and, you know, a, a warm voice to make them feel more comfortable. And so, you know, that's, that's what I really, really tried to do those years that I was a, a, a flight attendant, because at the end of the day, you know, we get you to your destination. I'm not going to see you again. I get to go to my hotel, 
layover, if it's a layover in a nice place like Hawaii, Puerto Rico, wherever, I could just, you know, forget about the day and enjoy my layover until, you know, the next day or day after that we have to, we have to fly. So, yeah, but people want to just be heard. And and therapists, of course, are good at, at doing that. Yes, absolutely. Listening. listening. Yeah, listening. Yeah, I've as a as a customer service, you know, based employee, I work in a restaurant and mm -hmm. we have the we say this thing, some people are just not gonna be happy. And mm -hmm. there's some people that you just will no matter what you do, no matter how nice you are to them, they just will not be happy. Like That's they came right. into the they came into the restaurant unhappy and they're going to leave the restaurant unhappy. Mm -hmm. And it's more for us than for anything. Cause it's like, I'm doing everything in my power to make sure you're having a good experience here. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do after that. Like right. I can't go and like make you a whole new meal from materials <laughs> we don't have here. Like I can't, I can't, my magic powers don't work that way. I'm sorry. Like I can only do so much. Yes. And so, you know, it's a, it's important, I think, as customer service, customer facing folks to remember that, like, you're doing your job and you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some people who are a little spicy and right. calm down, but, <laughs> you know, keep it cute. But Absolutely. it's important. It's important to remember that, yeah, you, they just want to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. also have to respect yourself. Yes, absolutely. Yes, you also have to protect yourself. Yeah, because mm -hmm. no matter what you do with some people, and I'll tell this story really, really quick. But I remember it was a life flight one night. I was working L one in the front, greeted the people, saying hello as they came on. It was a couple came on with twins, and um, normally we have to check the, the their strollers, mm -hmm. and um, and I and I mentioned i said well you know what it's a very light flight if you want you can bring your stroller on you know i even put it up in the overhead compartment for them and because their little twins were so cute talked to them and uh played with them during the flight me and some of the other flight attendants and i don't know what happened when they were leaving this is when I said something wasn't right with the with the lady. And I didn't mm -hmm. see it on the flight. But she began to accuse me and the crew as she was getting off being horrible to her, mean to her, her family. And I'm like, wait a minute, what just happened? We talked been, to you almost a whole flight, played with you, your I mean, your twins, talked to you, your husband, y'all laughed and talked with us. And she got in my face, you're a dog, you're just a dog. And the agent who opened, who had, you know, met us, you know, opened the door and all that. He's like, get off of this jetway. You're not going to talk to my employees like that. And I was just thinking, I was in twilight zone. What, what happened? What Between the, the time, you know, we helped you on, put the stuff up, you know, communicated with you doing a flight because it was such a light flight. And for you, I, I could not even figure out what happened. But that woman just went crazy. You're a dog. You're just this dirty dog. And that's when I thought, hmm, there's something not right <laughs> up mm -hmm. there. Because we treated you with royalty. 
but people, you never know what people are going through. And you, yeah. you, you, like you say, you have to protect yourself, you know, try to hold your composure as much composure as much as you could, but yeah, there's some people you're just not going to please, but yeah, that, mm -hmm. that really baffled me. It still baffled me to this day. What happened yeah. that to the time you, you know, uh, exited. So anyway. Yeah. Um, it's the same. It, that feels similar to like when I'm, you know, I'm working a table. We're kicking and laughing and having a good time, and then they leave me that big old fat zero on a hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty, two hundred dollar bill, and I'm like, "We, I got you eighty seven ranches. I, I, <laughs> I laughed with you. I made special arrangements with your food. Like I did all. I did everything in my power. What? Yeah." You know, so yeah. I I feel that deeply. It mm -hmm. happened that switch up between coming in and being happy and leaving and being unhappy. Right. What happened here? Right. Um, one last thing I want to talk about before we get into kind of the exiting of this episode. I want to talk to you just about um, women and especially black women. And this is kind of something we talked about more in the beginning of half of the episode about suppressing emotions. Women and especially black women are kind of not kind of literally expected to be these monoliths, this this pillar of poise and presentation and nurturing energy. Can you talk to me about a time when when not necessarily a time, but like can you talk to me about how that experience of being a black woman has affected your acting, uh, uh, the way you go about life, your mental health, um, what you see in the media? Can you just talk to me a little bit about that? Because the people need to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's another excellent question because we do wear so many hats and um, we think we can do uh, everything. That song by Whitney Houston, I'm every woman, you know, mm -hmm. it's all in me. You know, I, I do believe that um, you can do everything. You can do all things. You just can't do it all at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's it. And sometimes we could bring that extra stress on ourselves and thinking we can juggle everything by ourselves. And you really, really have to occasionally ask for help. You have to ask for help. And that stigma of, oh, well, you know, somebody, they're not gonna wanna help, that they're not gonna wanna help. So I'm not gonna ask. I don't wanna bother anybody. And that's me. I don't wanna bother anybody, you know. That's whatever. my mom too. Yeah, and um, and just planning those events that uh, the, uh, recently, um, the event I just had uh, for Until You Walked in Her Shoes, my organization to honor women, celebrating women in the arts. Well, I've been doing that uh, since 2008, not particularly celebrating women in the arts, but celebrating women, period. We honor and celebrate uh, six women and that are doing great things in the community. And um, then, you know, Tons of women come, you know, it's a brunch, all of that stuff. We pampered the women. Mm -hmm. But when I first started that, I loved doing it. And I literally would plan it all by myself, except the day of, I would have different people help me. Mm -hmm. Well, over years, I began to realize I can't plan this by myself. I need a team. I need people to help me because mm -hmm. I was getting so stressed, you know, and, and I'm so tired the day of. But there, there are a lot of things we do. I have to deal with as a woman, black woman, you know, you are expected, you know, to solve problems. You expected to, 
Uh, I think about even when on 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 the airplane when I was flying, you were a nurse, <laughs> a teacher, you know, a therapist. There's so many roles we have to play, and even today, you know. Um, some of the disparities we face as actors, African-American women as actors. And the, the, the pay is still not the same, you know, between, you know, men and women, even in film and, and, and theater, on camera work, it's, 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 not, it's not the same. And, but being an actor anyway, it takes tough skin. There's a lot of rejection. A lot. A lot. Viola Davis says, it's 10% work and 90% auditioning. Mm -hmm. And it really, really is. But you think about that, but you have to keep going. You have to keep pushing uh, because somewhere along there, someone's going to hire you. But just think about all the rejections that you get before you actually get the job. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have tough skin, you don't have a strong mental capacity. It definitely can impact you. And you have to learn how to just let it roll off of your back and tell, tell yourself, I am good enough. Mm -hmm. I can succeed. I can do this. And um, I also coach um, some women. Um, uh, I'm an inspirational certified coach, but I help women uh, who are empty nesters uh, and uh, women who are retired to reinvent themselves, to rediscover who they can become. Because as an empty nester, and, and, I, and I've been there, done that, my children are grown now, you begin to feel, what next? Because you've been taking care of these children all this time, and it's like, they're gone. You know, what am I going to do? And that's another emotional roller coaster for mm -hmm. women. I've experienced it myself. You know, what, what next? What, what, you know? But after a year or two, when you get a grasp and you're like, mm, I enjoy this freedom. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> so, and then it, it got, I remember it got to the point of my time, my kids like, where are you? You always gone. <laughs> yes, I am. Listen, I'm, mom, you got to answer my phone call. I don't know who you think you are, right. <laughs> but you're my mom. Thank you very much. I need, hello. Hello. Right. I'm Everybody online knows how I am about my mama. Like y'all already know, that's my ride or die. That's my girl. Yes. Like, where you at? Isn't it something how the tables turn? You know, mm -hmm. you know, we go from where you at? Where are you? You know, you supposed to be home a certain time, and then now y'all mm -hmm. calling us. <laughs> yep, exactly. You know, you what? It's seven thirty p.m. What you doing out with your friends still? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this funny story real quick. When um, uh, when I. Well, I had gone through a divorce. It had been a few years, and and um, I just started dating my my new my new husband. Well, he ain't new. He we've been married ten years, but anyway, he had he was living in Houston. But anyway, he had took me to the Kim concert, uh, it was the Kim concert here in St. Louis, and this was literally about eleven years ago, eleven twelve years ago, <laughs> and and I, you know, he got me backstage to take a picture with Kim. Oh, and wow. I had posted it on um, Facebook one day as a, as a joke. And I said, oh, this is when I used to date Kim years ago. I said, not, but I'll let y'all figure out what part of the story is true. <laughs> but I loved me some Kim. But anyway, 
uh, and I had really, I hadn't even really started dating my husband and because we were just really, really good friends from years ago since we were 17. But he's like, okay, Kim is in town. I'm going to send you some tickets. You take one of your best girlfriends, you know. Well, I couldn't find anybody to go who was available. He said, okay, well, then I'll just fly in and take you. And then he had, I didn't know he had set it up for me to get pictures back there with Kim. And so um, when you were talking about, you know, mama, where you at? So I had this picture and I had it sitting on the table. And so my son had come to town to visit. You know, I wasn't at, at the house. He, he let himself in the house. And uh, my nieces were with him. They drove up from out of town. And he had taken the picture and brought it downstairs like, who does my mom on this picture with? Because <laughs> you know, dad was divorced. You know, this ain't my daddy. You know, who is she on this picture with? And he didn't even know it was killed. And my niece is like, your mama, she get to, she need to have somebody too. She get the date. She don't need the date. She got Jesus. That's all she needs. <laughs> oh, if that don't sound like me and my siblings with my mama. Oh my God. <laughs> but I thought that was just so funny. But yeah, you know. Just being a, an African American woman, just a lot of things we have to deal with and face. You know, it can bring on just a lot of mental anguish and stress. And I just think about a, a few friends personally who just were not strong enough, you know, to to handle and juggle all that. And um, but they're better now because due, due to therapists, um, medication. And, and and just better, but we cannot take this thing called life for granted, and we cannot take this thing, uh, our minds for granted, and because we do, we have to face a lot of disparities. And I just think about back on life, how my mother made it, how she did it. You know, when my parents split up, you know, she had five kids, she was raising on her own, yeah. and it's just like. You know, I remember one time, we, you know, the bomb pop truck was coming and I wanted a bomb pop and, you know, how they came through the neighborhood. I remember running the house asking my mom for money. She's like, girl, I don't have no money. And I'm like, yes, you do. You're a grown up. You're supposed to have money. And I said, let me see your wallet. And I opened her wallet. It was nothing in it. You know, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't fathom that. What do you mean you don't have no money? You're grown up. You're supposed to have money. And her favorite line was, just keep on living. He's always say that. Just keep on living. Well, there came a time in my life where my wallet was empty and I'm like, I understand. I get it now, mama. I, I get it. Yes, I get it now, you know. But I tell you, we are resilient. Mm -hmm. But African-American women are resilient. I mean, women, period, you know, we can multitask. We can do all kinds of things, you know, run a household, you know, clean the household and go out and work full time mm -hmm. but we forget to check in here and we'll keep going and keep going until you know there's a crash it'll blow up you know it may come out in a different and an ugly way and i think because of uh, darius the stigma that's been associated with mental illness all of these years you know we have kept our mouths closed mm -hmm. as, as women suffering through, you know, poverty, abuse, and all kinds of other things, you know, we experience 
as women. But even if you have the best of life, you know, you didn't, you know, experience, you know, um, a hardship or a bad relationship, um, you could be wealthy and be the saddest person in the world. You can have all mm -hmm. kind of money and be just sad. And I, I, I've, I've learned that and seen that over, over the years. But as, excuse me, I enjoy being an actor. It's had its ups and downs. And, and, and again, if you don't have tough skin, it can definitely wear on you mentally after receiving so many no's. Um, but I always tell women, like I said, the women that um, I coach um, that are trying to reinvent themselves are, are the women who have gone through retirement because you feel that loss, you know, mm. whether it's, it's in uh, a woman who is trying to reinvent herself due to being an empty nester or, okay, you retired. It still feels like a loss. That's why therapy is so important to get you refocused and um, just give you time to reflect and just reevaluate where you want to go. And I uh, let the women know you absolutely can reinvent yourself. Yeah, you've been this person for the last 10, 20 years, but now you have the opportunity to start something new, start something afresh. And if that means going to see a therapy for a few weeks, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. I have that to write that down. I'm sorry that <laughs> I try to pull something from mm -hmm. each guest as the title of the episode. I don't have nothing to write on near me. That's crazy. I'm sitting at my work desk with nothing to write on. <laughs> you said it's okay to reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. And that we it's all okay. need to hear. Yeah, to reinvent yourself, get refocused, refreshed, and reflect. Uh, and let me just tell you this, what, what most people don't do enough of, take a vacation. Mm -hmm. Take a vacation because, you know, it, 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 and if you have a full family structure, you need a vacation with your spouse, you need a vacation with the children, then you need a vacation by yourself, with your girlfriends, your boyfriends, or whomever, mm -hmm. to really uh, just get rejuvenated and 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 just really get revived. And when you come back into your family structure, you know, you left one to completely reset. It's you reset. You left one to kill everybody, and you come back. You know, and you, more revived like and rest, rested. And refresh because that, that, that's what it is a lot of time we just need to rest mm -hmm. and and just even if it's just a weekend spa you know for a weekend uh could be just to sit in a hotel and turn it and leave the tv off and just read and uh, you know or if it's if you can't afford to go out of, out of the state you know just take a long drive but it's so important to um, disconnect and then reconnect and you come back better. But re I learned to reinvent myself after I left the airline. And like I said, I wanted to go into the acting full force and the voiceover and did lots of training, still doing lots of training and, and teaching and being coached to myself and coaching others. Love it, love it, love it, love it. And I feel like I'm right where I wanna be. And I give it all thanks to God because I feel like my faith 
helps me through all of that. And some people, you know, especially in the Christian arena, you know, it, it used to be this stigma. Oh, you don't need it. You just you have God. You don't need to see a therapist. You know, it was taboo. But God gave us doctors, mm -hmm. gave us therapists, and you use both in conjunction. And by you saying, okay, God, I need your help. I'm not feeling well mentally. I'm too scared to tell anybody. I don't want anyone judging me. As a woman, I'm trying to take care of these kids by myself. You know, I'm 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 in an abusive relationship, or I'm with a husband who doesn't help out at all. I feel like I'm just losing it. And you can pray, but there are times where you need more. Mm -hmm. You need more, you know, and it's okay. And I say that to to women of faith out there. The reality is, yes, we have God and we love God and we could pray, but God also gave us therapists and doctors and it's okay. It doesn't make you a weak person because you take the time out to, um, you know, hey, I'm going to go call see my therapist at least once a month. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that you don't have faith. Mm -hmm. It means you have common sense. The one thing that I took, I'm not as religious or really, I don't know that I can even consider myself a Christian anymore, but I believe in a higher power and, and you know, mm. all of that good stuff. But the one thing that I took from my childhood being raised in the church was faith without works is dead. Yes. And it's something that even in a more spiritual uh, aspect or realm of life, mm -hmm. you, you can manifest, you can pray, you can do all these things. But if you are not actively working to fix or to gain or to do something about it. That's true. You just speaking into the ether, baby. That's it. You just speaking into the ether. You have to, you, like you said, you have to use the two in conjuncture. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it just, that, that and love, those are the two things I took from my upbringing with oh, me. Yeah. That faith without works is dead. I say that all the time. And like my friends are like, what? I'm like, hey. It's true. It's the truth. It's yeah, the truth. Yeah. No matter it's what you believe, no matter who you believe in. Yeah. I, I need a job. I want a job. Well, if you don't go out there and, and apply, you you know what? You're not going to get a job. <laughs> right. You know where you're going to be sitting? Jobless. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless you try to do something about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, I want to just thank you for everything that you just said. Mm -hmm. um, because, first of all, Black women need to hear it. And I am just, uh, I, uh, I have such a, you know, I was raised by a single mom and I have such a respect and a love for women and for black women specifically. Mm -hmm. And I only ever want the best for them. And I want every woman to know, every woman and every black woman to know that, like you said, you can reinvent yourself you are not the things the world says that you are. And to hear it from a Black woman, such a strong, powerful Black woman, such as yourself. Thank you. Baby, if they don't get it, they don't get yeah. it. But like, that was a word and a message. I have chills up and down my spine just listening to you. And so I thank you so much for that. That was absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. One of, one of my favorite quotes, um, and it's one I made up. Ooh. I said... <laughs> As long as you have breath in your body, you still have time to do whatever it is 
that your heart desires. Yeah. As long as you have breath, and, and I teach it to the women I come, as long as you have breath, you know, you're not dead. Mm -hmm. You know, they say the most wealthiest place is the cemetery because yeah. people die with their dreams. But after you get rid of the, if you just step out there, get rid of the fear, do it afraid, and just realize, hey, I wake up every morning, I still have breath. Thank you, God. What's next? Mm -hmm. What can I do next? Step out on faith. Yes. Well, you know, to contribute to society, to fulfill my dreams, you know, to pursue my passions. As long as you have breath in your body, you still have time to do what it is you want to do. Hey, man, listen, you done took us to church over here. <laughs> <laughs> you better preach. Oh, oh my God, Michelle, this has been absolutely lovely. Thank you so, so much for being here. Um, I just have one final question for you. Here on Mental Health Chat Monday, we have a motto. I said at the top of the episode, turning mental illness into mental wellness. What does mental wellness look like to you? I, and I wanted to tell you, I like that, that, that title. When I saw that, when I was reading through everything, um, Meant, uh, repeat it for me, mental. Turning mental illness into yes. mental wellness. Yes, I, I like that. Um, what that means to me is we, we can physically work out. We can exercise um, all the time. You know, we, we talk about, you know, being in good health. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we forget about our mental wellness. We forget about our mental well-being. And just people like you checking in with everyday normal people like me. Oh. Let's, let's talk about this. You know, you, you you let's talk about this, Michelle. How are you? How you doing? You know, I see you busy and all that, but it doesn't mean that I'm okay. Mm -hmm. You know, doesn't mean that I'm okay. But mental wellness, being able to be well mentally, I just I just cannot take it for granted, especially, you know, having loved ones that I know what they battle, what they go through, the anxiety, you know, the, the depression and so forth. But we just cannot take it for granted. I thank God every day that I have a sound, sound mind. And um, just like you take time to exercise physically, take time to exercise this so that you can stay well mentally. And um, I'm no expert at it, but I know what I have to do for me to stay healthy up here. And um, learning to just step back, turn off the phone if you have to, shut down social media. And literally, literally, you know, my, my routine Usually is because I wake up anyway with an insomnia, you know, a lot, uh, been a menopausal woman. But my routine, I do my prayer, meditation, read, read my word. That's what's for me. I do my stretching. Mm -hmm. And I like to look at something that makes me laugh. Laughter is good for the soul. So that's part for me of the mental wellness, you know, making sure that um, I'm okay mentally spiritually, emotionally, um, physically, financially, if those things are in order, 
then my mental wellness is going to be okay. Yes, I love that. Yes, yes, yes. And I I want to mention, and I thought I don't think I've mentioned this in any episode. Um the the mental illness into mental wellness is I kind of talked about it at the top of this where I, you know, the thing that helped me the most was talking about my mental wellness, mental illness with other people. Mm-hmm. And it's taking that I, that I feel like I can't, I feel like, and you know, they say it takes a real village to raise a child, but you also need a village as adults. So it's that changing that I from a we, we can build better. If I have people around me, I can become stronger because they help me build up. So it's not just like illness and wellness. It's also going from feeling alone and isolated to feeling in community with other people. So there's a lot going on in my brain when I was thinking about that. But yeah, I thank you for mentioning that. And I wanted to mention that at some point. I just never really got around to it. But mm-hmm. thank you for all the words, for all of the absolute gems that you have dropped on us today, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you want to plug? Any things coming up? Any uh, workshops or anything like that? I know you always got something going on. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I I do. Um, But um, just and I and I can't mention it quite yet, but I do have a book coming out surrounding mental illness. Because, like I said, we have loved ones that. Yeah. So it's going to be surrounding that. Um, but an ebook that I have coming out really soon, uh, and that's separate from what I just mentioned, is uh, called Vocally Polished. And I'll keep everybody posted on that. But Vocally Polished is mainly for entrepreneurs who um, are not so comfortable with um, speaking in public or, con- or conducting that sale, you know, garnering that sale. I mean, you may have a business. But it doesn't mean that you're necessarily vocally polished, that you're able to properly communicate um, in how to get that sale or whatever it is that you're trying to do as an entrepreneur. Because I, 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 I um, there was this program I went through um, in um, Harris Stowe. As, as a matter of fact, they're getting ready to start it back up. Anybody that's interested, it's a free eight week program. Ooh. And um, it's they have a startup. And they have a, um, if you already have your business, I forget that other term, but for for people who have startups and those that just want to scale up, that's it, scale up. Totally free program. I learned so much. Right down in Harris Harris Stowe. And um, I remember thinking, I need a new computer. My webcam went out on the other one. And literally did I know that the end of that eight weeks, they gave us three choices that we're going to be giving you all a gift for completing the program. And it was free office space and, and free um, uh, QuickBooks. And then, or you can get a laptop. So I ended up with a free laptop. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. and then they have a pitch program, which is what inspired me to write the book. They teach you how to do a pitch uh, when you're trying to get money for a particular project. So there's a pitch contest and um, you could win 10,000, 7,000 or 5,000. Oh yes. That's the kind of money they gave away at the end of that, that, that program. But anyway, 
I noticed as we all did our presentations, how so many people just were not comfortable, although they were entrepreneurs and speaking in front of people, you know, are doing a pitch. So I wrote an ebook called Vocally Polished, just how to speak more polished. Um, It doesn't matter what platform that you're on because it really can impact your sales. It really can impact whether or not people do business with you. So mm-hmm. that book is called Vocally Polished. It's um, um, almost finished being edited, but that will be coming out in the next uh, month or two. That is the next thing that I have uh, coming up. And then um, on the 11th, we're doing a reading, um, a staged reading with Prism Theater um, mm-hmm. that, that's coming up. So um, just keep your eyes open. Uh, for that and other great stuff down the road, but I don't want to take up time talking about that. But oh, I thank you so much for having me. It's been very enlightening. And I, again, my brother, you, this is your calling. This is your calling because you are bringing awareness to this, you know, especially in the African American community where we have suppressed this hitting this uh, either because we couldn't afford to go to the doctor, go to a therapist, and we just dealt with it. But things are different now. We can see therapists. We can't, you know, but I just love you having that conversation. And I I can't wait to see another play surrounding this. I have one that has been in the works for quite some time. I need to get back on focus and really, really dive into it. I have two actually that are that are in development. I have one yeah. that's it's about um not PTSD, but postpartum depression. And so I'm that one I'm writing in collaboration with women. So I'll probably be reaching out awesome. to you again to talk that- about yeah. that. Again, something I would never experience, but I just had this idea and it's so, so strong in my head. Um, and then another one that's kind of like a like a dark comedy that's still about mental illness uh, mm-hmm. that I'm writing for myself and my partner and, my, and our friend to all okay. be in together. So that, that is so awesome. And I love how you are including women in that, thinking about that postpartum depression is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, PMS is real. And menopause. So all three of those. I don't know if you'll be able to tie that all into that play. But I hope to. Are real. I really hope to. And I and truly and honestly, I even I think when I first had the idea, I posted something on social media. I was like, "Hey, I have this story, this idea for this play. It feels really important, just from the women that I've talked to in confidence about it, like behind closed mm-hmm. doors. Mm-hmm. Is this something I can do as a man?" And I prefaced it with. I will not just be like, well, this is what happens when women go through postpartum. No, I want to talk to women. I want to interview women. I want women to be at the forefront of this project. I just want to be the vessel for the words. I don't want to be, you know, the the idea and the concept are mine, but every experience I want to come directly from women. I can't like I I just have so much respect for women. Mm -hmm. I yeah. I just do. I just do. Awesome. Awesome. And your mother and your grandmother, they'll have a lot to, to add, your aunts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Walk, walk in your passion, my brother. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, just walk in your passion and uh, purpose. And you're doing it now with, with you know, writing the, the, the stories, the plays, and um, doing this podcast. 
And who knows, a book may come out of it later, sir. Yeah. Yes, see, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. You know, there's so many ways that we can reinvent ourselves, but so many, but we're entrepreneurs as well. Mm-hmm. See, people don't think as actors and 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 that we are entrepreneurs. We are entrepreneurs. We work. We are the product. We are the product. We're the business. This is what you're doing with the podcast. You know, you're making money from that. That that's that's uh, your plays will make you money. We're entrepreneurs, and so um, add author to your list. It's easier than you think. All right, I yes. will. Done. <laughs> Done. Yes, 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 yes. All right, Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Um, And everybody out there watching and listening, thank you all so much for tuning in to another beautiful, oh my God, beautiful episode of Mental Health Chat Monday. Again, my name is D-Dare Bionic. I will link everything that Michelle has mentioned down below. Um, Keep an eye out for all that stuff because let me tell you, the goods are good when they're gooding and they are definitely good over here. (laughs) Um, And uh, if you want to follow me, I am D-Dare Bionic on all social media. It's called Branding. Look it up. And I will see you all in the next episode. Love you. Mean it. Bye.